0: We will follow everything in the Bible, but never come to God. You see what I'm saying? Like You will do everything in the Bible according to the law, Essentially, he's talking to the Pharisees, you do everything right, sure, you follow the law to a T, but you missed me. You missed me. Well, welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. I've got Christian back again, which is awesome. Because Christian has been MIA because he's been he got married. So Christian, how is married life?
1: Uh, so far, so good. Uh, it's, it's an adjustment, but I'd say things are pretty positive so far. And uh, we're we're learning, still learning how to get the get the Lord more involved in uh, in our marriage. We want to. I think we want to have a, a triangle marriage. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it is a good lesson, Christian. I'll, I'll say this as one who's been married a, a little longer. Um, having the Lord but as both of your focal points, it's, it's like a triangle. Like if we're both headed toward the Lord and the Lord's the center, then that means the closer we're to the Lord, the closer we are to one another. So you have that, that thing in physics where both lines are converging on one point. And so, but if the Lord's not the center, then it's very easy. Like I said, it soon becomes a, well, I was raised this way. So this way must be right. You were raised to this culture. You must be right. And so it can cause a lot of strife in a marriage, but praise the Lord. We're in Christian marriages, which means that the Lord has to be the focal point. Amen. Amen. Well, Christian, you, uh, I have actually started off in this parable. I guess direction over the past couple of weeks is just really getting into some of the parables of the Lord. And the reason I got into this was mainly because the Lord said something very interesting. Every time he spoke a parable, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. And so what I thought was always interesting is obviously we all have ears. We're sitting here with two ears, but the reason the Lord mentioned that was because some people have ears, but they don't hear. They don't hear what the Lord is saying. And we saw that multiple times in the gospel. And so the Lord will use parables to try and illustrate certain points that were important to him that were important to his heart. Well, today we are getting into an awesome portion, a parable I think that everyone is familiar with, and that is the prodigal son in Luke 15. So, Christian, without further ado, let's go ahead and read it, because I think most people know the story off the top of the head. But when you read it, there are a lot of details in the story that are actually pretty significant.
1: This is uh, Luke chapter 15, starting with verse 11. Uh, And he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to the father, father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. And he distributed to them his living. And not many days after, the younger son, having gathered everything together, went abroad to a distant country and there squandered his estate by living dissolutely. And when he had spent all, a severe famine occurred throughout that country. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed hogs. And he longed to be satisfied with the carob pods, which the hogs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants abound in bread, but I am perishing here in famine. I will rise up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose up and came to his own father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him affectionately. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Bring out quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, slaughter it, and let us eat and be merry. Because this son of mine was dead and lives again, He was lost and has been found and they began to be married.
0: Awesome. Thanks Christians. Whoa. So again, very familiar story. I would say probably one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. Also with unbelievers. Most people have heard this story, but like we said before in these parables, the Lord would say something like this and then he would say he who has an ear let him hear so obviously there are some very significant matters here and so christian i'll start us off by pointing out that there are two sons here and we will touch the other son but we want to focus on the first one the first son you know represents us essentially we or i guess both of them could technically be us but this son wanted everything from the Father, wanted His inheritance. The Father gave it to Him, and He went off, and He just lost everything. And I would say, Christian, that's probably a lot of our own experiences. Maybe we feel like we just did our own thing. We squandered everything that we had. We didn't follow the Lord at all, and we're just kind of living on our own, and we started realizing that we just realized what in the world are we doing? I would say, I don't know. Christian, have you ever had that experience before?
1: I've definitely had lows in my life and even rock bottom, you know, everybody's experience is different. Uh, you know, I was just considering maybe, I don't know if it's as extreme for everyone. You go and squander your, your whole, your whole inheritance, but I do sympathize with his feeling of just kind of you're in a distant land, you're all alone, got no money, (laughs) kind of struggling to figure things out. That's probably most people, actually, everybody will go through that, Um, if not during college or post-college. I feel that's kind of around the time when you become a young, single, working and you're just trying to survive in the world and learning how the world works, and oftentimes getting beat up by the world. Um, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. And uh, I think at that point, you know, what 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 happens? Um, do we just become, become bitter about living in the world, or just numb ourselves to life? With you know, pick your poison.
0: Yeah, no, Christian, I think you're, you're, you're on to something there. I think this is an experience, while we might manifest it differently, it's not like we all, you know, become drunkards or all hooked on drugs or, you know, or whatever it may be. But I think the overriding theme is we try to substitute something for God thinking that would make us happy. So you might can imagine that the inheritance you receive is God. You 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 could have God. You could have everything that God is, everything that God wants for you. But instead, we feel like we know what's best for us. So we try all these different things to try to substitute for God. And you get to a point where you realize it's just empty. Everything's just empty and again we live in the united states of america we don't usually go through famine we don't usually hunger physically because we're always you know surrounded by food but spiritually speaking i believe all of us have gotten to that point where we just felt so spiritually empty you could have everything you could have nothing you could be a wealthy man you could have nothing i would say for me specifically even as a physician you know you get to a point where you you have I have a family, I have great kids, I have a wonderful job, I have fantastic status in the community, I could buy whatever I want, I don't lack anything, but if I did not have God, you would still feel empty. Same same situations as the prodigal say. You just still feel like, what am I doing here with all these things? and i really appreciate here in verse 17 christian it says but when he came to himself let's stay there for a second christian what does that mean when you come to yourself
1: probably the by the lord's mercy Well, we could relate it to one of the previous parables that the spirit's sweeping probably somebody was praying for him <laughs> and the the spirit started to sweep in his inner being and then there's there's a space for the lord to get in and convict him and i've had experiences like that i just what am i what what am i doing and maybe maybe that's a point for us to pray for for others around us who may not be in such a positive situations you know really only the lord can can do that to 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 bring someone to their senses um so, so, yeah, he when he came to himself, he had a realization that this is not good eating carob pods. <laughs> um, he had a realization, he had a turn. Maybe the spirit, sh- sh- I think the spirit shined in him. The spirit really shined in him, you know, turned a light on. And that really helped to uh, start a change, I think.
0: Yeah, Christian, you know, in the previous two parables concerning the shepherd and the woman with the coin, those two end with this phrase, there is more rejoicing in heaven or the angels of rejoicing when one person repents. When one person repents. And It's like when he came to himself, he repented. He had that repentance. And based on the first two parables, it's like you said, the Lord as a shepherd found that sheep. And turned his direction. And the sheep was lost. He was by himself. He was all alone. Maybe he had no idea what to do. But when he came to himself, in that parable was when the shepherd found him. The shepherd found the, the sheep. And in the second parable, it was when the woman found the coin. So the woman was sweeping. The woman was shining. Had that lamp. And was sweeping and shining. And when that light hit that coin, it's like, something turned something it's like your eyes were open and you start realizing your situation but i like how the son and this is kind of our experience the son started realizing like oh my goodness what am i doing my my father's servants have better lives than this and he said i'm going to go back and it's like he had to make up a speech of what he was going to tell the father okay look you know, I'm no longer worthy to be your son. I'm sorry. Just make me one of your hired servants. And that really is our experience too, Christian. Sometimes when we have repentance, our first thought is like, we just have to make this elaborate deal with God. Like, look, God, just forgive me. Uh, I'm not worthy anymore. You know, just, you know, just throw me a little breadcrumb here and there. You know, but I'm not worthy to be called your son anymore. Essentially is the, the prodigal son's attitude. When he wanted to come back, but that was not. I think the father's response was really surprising.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, the the speech that he makes, I don't know, it's like two verses long here. Maybe uh, he only gets through about half of it before the father cuts him off in the middle. The father is not interested in his his uh, his speech. The father the father's heart. I mean these details, they they're, they're really touching. Um, the father he, he while the son was still a long way off, the father saw him, was moved with compassion and he ran, he ran to meet his son, fell on his neck and kissed him affectionately. I, I mean, I know this is a parable, but you know it's the father was just waiting for his son, he was just he was just so happy to see his son uh, he really cared for his son I don't know he wasn't worried about his riches or his inheritance I, I don't it doesn't seem like that to me no he was just happy for his son perhaps uh, that's a point you know maybe a point of application we 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 get so sidetracked about what a person can do or this and that about a person we just Know we just care, we should just care about that person, right? And every person is important in God's eyes, very valuable. Every man, uh, I know you you spoke about that in some fellowship we had, is just every man, no matter you know how the world may see them, is valuable to God.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right, Christian. Uh it's like he said, many times we might feel like we need to be a certain condition before we can go back to God. We have to make a certain penance. We have to do a certain penance before God would ever accept us back. But, like you said, the, it said while he was a far away off, the father saw him, was moved with compassion, and ran to him. And that implies that the father was looking for his son. The father wasn't just good riddance. The guy took all my money and wasted it on a crazy lifestyle. I hope he never comes back. you know. But his heart was like, oh my goodness. It's like the son was like, oh, I, I bet he won't even care about me when I come back. And the father was actually actively looking and waiting and praying that the son would just have a turn and come back. And like you said in those verses, when the son got back, he wasn't even he was trying to get his speech out. The father could care less. The father was just so excited that the son came back home. And I think we can all agree that this father figure is God, the father of the triune God, you know, the three in one, this picture represents God, the father and his heart toward man, that to him, every man is valuable. That if you repent, if you turn, Like the previous two parables there is rejoicing in heaven there's not reluctance in heaven like well golly i guess i better accept him back because he repented but there's joy in heaven and this is this joy in heaven doesn't originate from the angels this joy in heaven originates from the father because this is a father's heart that he just wants his sons to return to him and i like what he said here he said for my son was dead is lie and is alive again he was lost and is found and so these are very uh very interesting words because what he gave to the son was so precious but his view was that the son was dead he wasn't just lost he was actually dead but when he came back he was made alive and i don't know if you have any Maybe some you can kind of open that part a little bit because that truly is our problem. When we are apart from God, we are actually dead. When we come back, God as life enlivens us. So I don't know if you have anything to expand on that, Christian.
1: Um, uh, well, I think kind of related to that, there's a, a couple symbols here that the father gave to the son. There's a, there's a, a robe to cover the sun, a ring that was put on his finger, uh, and sandals, shoes. Uh, and then they ate a fattened calf. So uh, I, I read, and I really like uh, how that these items signify two, uh, two aspects of our complete salvation, uh, from being sinners and being saved firstly is a judicial aspect you know as sinners we have a problem with god we're unrighteous we have sin we 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 fall short of the glory of god so god you know he he has to solve that problem so that he can come in contact with us essentially so that's signified here by that by that robe that ring and that that sandal Uh, and i don't I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it's it's related there, that judicial aspect. But then now that kind of things are good, the son's properly clothed again. Uh, what's his problem? He needs some food. <laughs> He's been out starving, eating carob pods, which might be the situation of a lot of people, spiritually at least, just starving. Uh, and we need, we need, uh, we need the, the real food, right? And we've talked before, you know, I think I'm thinking all the way back to the tree of life and uh, other portions where, you know, God, God has given himself as food so that he's saving us in an organic way by life, and uh, so then, then the, that verse you talk about, my son was dead, but now lives again. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, that's something we're definitely being saved from today. That's so applicable. Safe from all kinds of death. Oh, I mean, I need to, I just, we, I just get dead. I don't know how. I, I'm, well, I, I, the Bible, the Bible says I, the law of sin and death is operating in my flesh that's how but we just get dead and we need to get resurrected all the time right by enjoying god's life uh you know by enjoying the life the divine life that's in our spirit so um that that's all i really was, was thinking about there those points but uh also a reminder you know, for myself uh, about uh, God's resurrection life. Yeah. Amen.
0: Amen, Christian. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, I think it's so comforting that our Father's heart toward us is like this. Our Father's heart is full of compassion, full of love. Uh, he is always ready for us whenever we turn and repent uh, to clothe us and to feed us because he truly knows our condition. Now, Christian, we'll wrap up this last portion with the other son, which I think actually is really important because actually this is a warning, maybe a pitfall that us Christians can fall into sometime. And when I, before I read this, I'll read these verses. I want to kind of remind everyone that when the Lord told these parables in Luke 15, there were Pharisees and lawyers there. And they said something like, look at this man always hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. And so there was this disdain in the Pharisees' hearts, those religious people, you would say the pastor's reverends of their time, equivalent, I would guess. And their heart was that of disdain, that the Lord should know that he's hanging out with these unclean sinners, right? And so the Lord tells us essentially a couple of parables about how there's so much rejoicing when these, these ones who are lost repent and culminating in this last one. But I feel like this last little portion in Luke 15 is directed at them. So I'll read this real quick. So this is Luke 15, 25 through 32. Now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him your brother has come and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound but he was angry and refused to go in his father came out and entreated him but he answered his father look these many years i have served you and i've never disobeyed your command yet you never gave me a young goat that i might celebrate with my friends but when this son of yours came Who has devoured your property with prostitutes you killed a fattened calf for him and he said to him son you are always with me and all that is mine is yours it was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother for this your brother was dead and is alive he was lost and is found so christian again really interesting the father so excited so open so glad that the son is back but the other son, not so much. In, in fact, he says something like, your son. It didn't say, my brother. It's like, your son, this, this, this. Uh, do you mind describing this attitude, Christian? And maybe how it relates to the Pharisees and the lawyers?
1: And I just, I'm picking up some real self-righteous vibes from this, this older brother. The, the focus, I think, is brought back to the father. The son, the father says to the older son, you always, you have me, you have me child. You're always with me. So, um, perhaps that, that should bring our eyes to the Lord. Also, when we see our fellow believers or unbelievers, whatever condition they're in.
0: Yeah, Christian, I I think, What's striking here, a couple of things. Uh, the first one being the father's response to him. You know, His response, obviously, disdain because he essentially is saying, Father, I didn't do anything wrong. I always obey you. I do everything that you say, but you never gave me anything, essentially is what, what his response was. But the father's response to him was not maybe being mad at him that he did everything right he's he acknowledges yes you have been with me but you don't ever come to me I, that's that's what i'm getting i'm I'm getting this vibe like yes you do everything that i say but you never come to me every essentially the lord said you know father saying everything of mine is already yours you just have to ask for it but you never asked me for any of these things you know and so it kind of reminds me of sometimes we as christians We will follow everything in the Bible, but Mm. never come to God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like you will do everything in the Bible according to the law. Essentially he's talking to the Pharisees. You do everything right. Sure. You follow the law to a T, but you missed me. You missed me. And when we do that, like you said, what happens after that is we then apply this law standard to others. And when others can't meet that, we we become disdain like look at these sinners look at these tax collectors blah 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 you know they can't they can't be like me and do everything so they shouldn't deserve anything and when they, when you see the lord forgiving him and rejoicing we actually get mad We're like that's not fair we did everything right but the the father's response was something along along the lines of you are all everything of mine is already yours you just have to come to me and take it well, Christian, again, a phenomenal story. I think we're seeing some really, really amazing things that the Lord wanted to, to open to us. Uh, before we end, anything you want to say, Christian? Any final thoughts?
1: Well, uh, thank the Lord for saving each one of us, or if someone who's listening is not saved, the Lord is waiting for each one of us, just like this, the Father in this story at all times whether actually whether we're saved or not whatever condition we're in is always waiting uh to receive us in such a loving way if we would allow him to to run to us and let him kiss us so may may we all enjoy the the father's love uh, much more this week amen
0: amen christian well it's so good to have you back on the podcast enjoyed this time with you we'll be getting into another parable next week i haven't figured out which one we're going to yet. Yeah, i have a list but i'm trying to figure out the timing but hopefully you'll be available again next week and we'll do it again amen amen see you christian let me love thee thou art
1: pain